Welcome to the Wags of SEI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury, hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both our partners are quadriplegics, and after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. So you must be thinking, what is the goal with this group? Our goal is and has always been to establish and nurture a strong network of women around the world who understand and support one another while navigating the SCI life. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission with this podcast is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspective. So join us each week as we tackle deeper discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the WAGS of SEI podcast. Here we go. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Wishart Brain and Spine Law. Led by our personal mentor and lawyer, Robin Wishart, Wishart Brain and Spine Law is a uniquely specialized law firm located in Vancouver, British Columbia. They focus their practice on complex spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury cases. And they work with clients all over North America as advocates and a much needed resource in the spinal cord injury community. Robin and her team look at their clients differently than other firms. You're not just a case, you're a person with a family, a life, and a purpose. They are always looking for ways to help improve the quality of life for their clients by providing the support they need for their recovery, such as assisting with insurance and benefits paperwork, finding resources for home adaptations, setting up medical appointments with doctors and specialists, and making sure that their clients are doing physically and mentally okay. Wish Our Brain and Spine Law is proud to support WAGS of SCI. Robin is committed to helping clients and their families any way that she can, because she wants you to live your life and not your claim. Your first consultation is always free. So contact them at brainandspinelaw.com and make sure to mention that the WAGS of SCI sent you. This episode is sponsored in part by Camp Possibility. Camp Possibility is a one-week adapted camp for young adults aged 18 to 40 who have spinal cord injuries and their partners. This camp takes place in Martinsville, Indiana and runs from August 1st to 6th, 2021. Registration begins February 1st and there are limited spots available. For more information, visit www.camppossibility.org. That's Camp Possibility or email Lauren at camppossibility.org. You can also find them on Facebook, Instagram, or you can contact us at wagsofsei at gmail.com and we'd be happy to connect you. Hurry as registration begins February 1st until all 24 spots are filled. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Wags of SEI podcast. We have another killer episode for you today. We are super pumped about this one. We, it looks like today in Vancouver, it's not raining, which is kind of a little bit of a difference for us. Hey, Brooke. Right. We're not going to be torrential downpour. Right. It's a beautiful so, day. 
might be able to continue on with that 5km self-care walk later on today right yay so <laughs> so we want to say quickly uh, thank you to everybody who came out who supported who raised much needed funds for the WEGS of SEI self-care walk run it was virtual it was amazing this weekend we had an incredible time and we raised some much needed funds so great big shout out to all of you who participated who supported so carry on with today's episode we have a very special guest like we always say our guests are always special um this one is going to be very interesting for everybody listening because The topic we're talking about today is something that is not talked about very often in the disability community, and that is that of a devotee. So the devotee has a lot of misconceptions surrounding that term, and today we are speaking to a woman named Rebecca who would classify herself as a devotee. So this is for all of you out there who are curious about what this means and what it's like to to consider yourself a devotee of the disabled community and what that means and the different terms out there. And so we'd like to welcome you, Rebecca, to the podcast. Thank you so, so much for joining us. We are so excited uh, because, again, this is going to be great information for everybody listening. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you, ladies. We wanted to pull up a couple definitions that we came across on the World Wide Web about <laughs> what the devotee is. And one, I, it's kind of interesting because there's like, it took me a little while to find a good definition because um, they were pretty like generic. So one of the definitions was like a person who's very interested in and and enthusiastic about someone or something so I mean like that's like pretty basic it just means like I guess you're super excited about something and then it gave um an example of like a devotee of classical music so would you consider yourself a devotee of the of people with disabilities or how would you go about defining this great question and yeah I you know I've looked up the same definition several times, and that's the one that always seems to come back first. And you're right. It's like super broad and super basic. And, you know, honestly, like I even I kind of dislike even having a label put on it. Um, I, I hate the fact that I have to have like a quote unquote devotee label put on something just because I am attracted to somebody. Um, I, I think like when you add disability into being a devotee of like somebody who's a devotee of somebody with a disability is where a lot of people get really turned off thinking like, well, how can you be very interested in somebody with a disability? Um, For me, it's just basically like, I I just, I have an attraction to, for, for me personally, typically um, guys that are in in manual wheelchairs. I I don't know where it came from. Um, I can think back on my, early high school years of when somebody first grabbed my attention. And I don't know if it's more of was more of just like a curiosity or whatever it is. Um, And I'm sure we'll get into this more so but like through the years, like I'd, I'd randomly just start finding myself drawn towards individuals in wheelchairs. And, um, you know, it's it's never been this like, 
for me, like not fetishizing somebody or stalking their Instagram pages and like getting some kind of like sexual fantasies off of all of their things on Instagram or anything like that. It's never been like that. For me, it's always been getting to know the person and the individual first. Like I, I am looking for a relationship with a person, not with, you know, a wheelchair. So it's, you know, do I have things in common with the individual? Am I attracted to them as a person first is, you know, and especially in this society of like, you know, Bumble and Hinge where it's like pictures and everything first, like, do I have an attraction to the individual? And then do we have things in common? Do we have things that we can talk about? Is there stuff that we like to go do together? That kind of stuff. Um, and then just like an openness, I think, to being okay and accepting of their disability. That's really interesting. And that's really awesome because, you know, Elena and I, when we were, you know, over the years, we've had some articles sent to us about the devotee community and it's always been in a negative tone. Um, And it's always been like people with disabilities specifically are concerned about these people because of the negative connotations around um, control and uh, potential abuse and kind of their helplessness in a way that is attractive. So when you say that this is the reason why you're attracted to it, would you, to to someone in a manual wheelchair, would you say that it is kind of like if Elena and I were to go out and we were single and, you know, we had a type, like we would say like, Oh, I like tall, dark and handsome guys. Um, Oh, he's not my type because he's blonde. Do you think that like, would you say that that is where your attraction is? Like you literally are like, no, I'm attracted to someone in a manual wheelchair for that way. Like the physical attraction. Yeah, that that's exactly how I typically describe it to some guys when I start talking to them and they've never heard of it before. It's like, why do some people like to date somebody of a different race or like you said, you know, somebody who's got darker features or lighter features. Like we all have some sort of something that we are attracted to in the other sex. And this just happens to be one of those things for me. But, you know, it's like in the overall grand scheme of like a larger picture of everything that I said, like that's not the one thing that's going to make me just like fall madly in love with you, you know? Right. Right. Absolutely. So when you do meet somebody, um, whether they're in a chair or not, like, how would you go about explaining it to them? Like, have you ever had a situation where you somebody's asked, so why, why do you want to date me? I am like, do you know what it entails to be with somebody who's in a chair? Like, have you had guys ask you specifically or try to explain their condition or situation to you? Um, out of a place of like trying to warn you about what it entails in terms of like, do you know what you're getting yourself into? And like, how, what would you say back to that? For sure. All the time. Um, I mean, up until like the last, I'd say year or so, I was pretty um, not very open with, with being a devotee as even when I would meet um, disabled guys online or whatever, I would just kind of go along with their like, well, you know, are you sure you want to do this? Do you know about this? And I would just, you know, ask all of the standard typical questions that you have to ask, like, you know, can you have sex? Can you do this? Can you do that? Just to kind of like play the little dating game. Um, And I, you know, I always kind of like think back and wonder if any of those guys that I used to talk to before I was like a little bit more open about it ever kind of knew. 
Nowadays, though, like I've started becoming a little bit more accepting of myself with it. Um, I've started talking to friends about it a lot more. Um, obviously, I'm here talking to you ladies about it today, so I'm a little bit more open. So now it's like one of the first things that I will tell somebody. Like I don't, I don't really keep it a secret at all. If I start talking to somebody who has a disability, I'll tell them right up front. What like what happens usually when you when you're upfront about it? Do you yeah. have like what's the percentage of guys that are like, oh man, I'm not interested, or versus guys that are accepting of that? that are in wheelchairs? I've only had, I've had it go both ways. I've only had like maybe two or three guys who have been like, no, I, I'm not interested. I've heard nothing but horror stories about devotees. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm like, if you're open, I'll explain my point of view about it. But if you're not, that's fine. We'll go our own separate ways. Like that, that's it. That is what it is. Like it's your prerogative, you know, going back to what we talked about before. Like if I have somebody, you know, who is, is of a different race or something like that, or, you know, some, some other feature that I I don't want to date them. I'm just going to say, no, I'm not interested. So it's the same manner in that way. Like I'm not going to go on and try to like change their viewpoints of it. Um, I will say a lot of the guys that I talk to have never heard of it. So like me being open about it, they're like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what that is. So then I have to explain it to them. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. And a lot of them will be like, you know, it's actually pretty refreshing to get to like talk to a girl and like have them get to know me as a person and not have to go through all of the ins and outs of my disability and explain to them, oh, well, I have to do this and I have to do that. Like, you know, I'm obviously not an expert on every single person or every single disability, but that kind of stuff can come out naturally in a relationship instead of like asking all of the questions up front and, and answering them like, go out and spend some time together and figure out like what they need help with or what they don't need help with. Like you don't have to just run down a whole list of questions. That's really cool that you mentioned that because it's like, you know, that, you know, if they're like, oh, I have to go use a bathroom or whatever, you know, that they probably have to use a catheter and how long it will take them instead of sitting there, let's say, like at a dinner table being like, oh, I wonder what's taking so long. Is he going to come back? Like what's going on? I feel like you would have probably a little bit more patience and a lot, a little bit more knowledge about the things that entail the life with a spinal cord injury, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, again, like I said, I'm by no means an expert and like every single guy is completely different. But yeah, like we we do have a really good understanding of the ins and outs of the disability and what might be expected of us or what might be needed of us. Can I ask, um, do you does your family, do your parents know that this is um, that you are a devotee and this is the sort of community that you are attracted to? Um, I haven't gotten around to my family yet to be in okay. full transparency. Um, I really just told some of my closest girlfriends about six or eight months ago when I was going to go on another podcast. I was like, I can't go on to a podcast and start talking about this a little publicly, having never told anybody in my real life outside of like dating guys. So I started telling some of my girlfriends. I have not told my family yet. Um I will say, like, if I am dating a guy with a disability, like, I tell them up front that, yes, I'm dating this guy. He's in a wheelchair. I don't hide that from them. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to show up for them to meet my family for the first time. And they're like, whoa, you didn't tell us he was in a wheelchair. Like, I'm not hiding it from them, but I haven't specifically told my family that I am a devotee. Right. And, and what do your friends say when you do explain this to them? 
So that was one of the things that I was like so terrified about because I've I've heard just horror stories on that regards as well, where women have tried to like talk to their friends about it and their friends like won't talk to them afterwards and like they just think they're so crazy and whatever. And my friends were totally fine with it. Um, we talked it through in, you know, various different manners. I was riding my bike one time with one of my friends and we do long bikes together all the time. So I was like, ah, perfect place to have a conversation about this. So we talked about it and, you know, they had some questions and then I think it started kind of like putting some pieces of the puzzles together for some, you know, some of them they're like, Oh, so this is why we've seen you with two boyfriends in wheelchairs or, you know, one of my friends who knows me really well, she's like, you know, I can really, I can actually kind of see this because you're, I'm one of those people that is just like a natural, like problem solver, troubleshooter type of thing. So it's like, I'm sure you guys, you know, you have firsthand experience. You go out no matter what you're trying to do, no matter how much you can plan for it in advance. There's always going to be something that's going to come up where you have to try to figure out a way around a situation or, you know, that instant troubleshooting, problem solving. And I love being able to just like look at my partner and be like, okay, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do now? We got to figure this out. Um, And she's like, I can totally see you being able to put those puzzle pieces together in your head. Interesting. That's really, really interesting. Um, because I was actually going to ask you next, would you consider yourself, um, personality wise, just, you know, who you are as a person, someone who, um, not likes to take charge, but someone who is just kind of a go getter who doesn't mind getting, you know, on her hands and knees when needed to fix things. And like, would you consider yourself someone who is, um, more not dominating, but you know what I mean? Someone who has more yeah. of a personality that's like a go-getter and in the front lines. Yep, for sure. That's, that is definitely my personality type. And, you know, kind of like along what you were hinting at there, I, I had one of my girlfriends, you know, in a loving manner say, well, do you think that has to do with anything? Like, you know, you like to like care for other people. And I looked at her and I was like, you know, I'm not a very caring person. Like on the list of our friends, you know, I'm not the one that you're going to go to. Like if you really need somebody to take care of you. But I think for a lot of females, like that is an innate thing that we have in us is like, to some extent, we do like the ability, you know, we do have the ability to care for others when needed. Um, so, I mean, I do have a little bit of that. I will say most of my partners have been pretty fully independent. I haven't had to do much, but to some extent, you know, knowing that at some point you are going to have to like, you know, help with something as a female, I think that that comes natural to us, but yeah, I mean, definitely like go getter, problem solver, like quick on my feet, think what I need to do next. Yeah. Like Elena and I know you definitely have more success in this life if you have that kind of personality. I feel like there's no way around it. I mean, you kind of have to be that type of person that will take charge and when needed, not dominate people, but like take charge. Like there's, there's a lot of men in our community that we always talk about this on the podcast that one of the main silver linings around a spinal cord injury is you have to have a certain level of vulnerability with your partner where you have to be open enough to let them see you when you are struggling or when you need help. Um, And it's very, very against the like traditional narrative of like the, you know, we always talk about this too, toxic masculinity, where the man is the man is the one that doesn't have to be vulnerable and he takes charge and he takes on the world. And this kind of like social norm is disappearing slowly, but surely Um, we're moving as a society more towards people instead of 
men and women. Um, and would you say that that level of vulnerability that kind of comes with this injury is a turn on for you? Um, I wouldn't say it's a turn on. Um, I, and no, I, I feel really impartial about that. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's a turn off either because I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but no, I, I wouldn't consider that a turn on at all. I think, yeah, I think what what it comes down to in the community is like you just have to be like a quick problem solver because anybody who 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 requires extra care, um, even like I don't know, I, I don't want to like be like my mom, but like my mom, for example, <laughs> isn't well and she does require extra extra care. So th- sometimes when you have a disability, you have a lot of those like quick thinking moments, like okay, how do I get to the toilet, or okay, how do I do this, or maybe I have a slip and I need help. So a lot of the time, I feel like it's like Brooke. Um, I feel like it, these things happen really quickly and randomly that you have to be like a quick thinker in your toes. Is that kind of what you're saying there? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have, and I don't know how you feel about this question, but I have to have like one good one in each okay. podcast. I know that in our community, um, there is a huge amount of conversation around devotees, protecting yourself from devotees because they might exploit you financially. Um, and I don't know if you've heard of this, but I feel like I know for a little while there, we had a few gentlemen who were um, writing into our community and asking our men to show them, you know, how they like go to the bathroom or if they would like sell their pee to them or whatever. Um, and it got a little bit freaky that we had to start blocking people. And I know one of the things that everybody was bringing up is like, are these people here to take advantage of people with disabilities and exploit them financially? Have you ever heard of any? Anything like this? I've only heard the horror stories about it. Um, I mean, obviously, those are the ones that are all over online. And I, I feel like, and this is my own personal opinion again, but I feel like a lot of times that is like the male devotees who are trying to look into like the female, like the disabled females. Um, is where things seem to start to go awry a lot of times. Now, you know, I mean, the other side of the coin is, is like, I, I feel like no matter what realm of humanity you're in, you have to like protect yourself, like, especially on the internet. Right. Oh, so, like, even if I'm not talking to a disabled guy, like, I have to look and make sure that I'm I'm protected in any manner, shape or form, um, just by talking to some stranger on the internet, you know, like, I'm a runner and the amount of times that I get cat called while I'm out running and people stop to try to talk to me, like we objectify people everywhere. And I get it. Like, you know, with the, with the disabled aspect to it. And I know we touched on this a little bit earlier um, where a lot of people are, are afraid that maybe devotees are just trying to take advantage of somebody who's disabled because they're weaker, you know, whatever it might be. And it's just not like that. Um, and I think those are the ones that are just, a lot more vocal and a lot more present on the internet. Those are the ones that are, you know, starting the conversations and um, really like freaking people out and everything like that. And there's a whole nother group of devotees out there like myself that are like truly genuine people who are just trying to like have friendships or have relationships or whatever it might be. Um, 
So I just, I kind of feel like it's in anything. Like there's bad apples out there and it sucks because they ruin it for the rest of us. Right. That's very, yeah. very true. Yeah. I'm glad you of said course. that. And that was a really good question, Elena. Like I, 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 when we get those emails from people and we see those articles about like, you know, watch out for these people, I can't help but wonder the other side of, the, of, of this argument, which is like, you know, we're trying to promote equality for all. And when you're saying, oh, disabled people have to look out for these people, you're kind of discounting them a little bit because here's the thing, like, you know, you're physically disabled. You're not disabled in your mind. Like these, these people have, you know, intellect, they're intelligent. They have every opportunity to, um, use their mind to, like you said, like every other pe people, like women going for a run, like they're, they're able to like use their brains to like say yes or no, or, or make sure that they filter these people and get to know them more. And I feel like it's kind of discounting their ability to do that. How do you feel about that? I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I'm going to take the same precautions if I'm going out with an able-bodied guy versus if I'm going to go out with a disabled guy. And I would hope that any guy would be doing the same thing for me. Like I'm sending a message to my friends to be like, Hey, I'm meeting so-and-so at such and such a time. Like if you don't hear from me in an hour, check on me. And I'm going to do that no matter what. Um, so yeah, I, that's, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, it's an important conversation to have. It's, it's, you know, Elena and I, you know, it can get awkward, but this is really, really important to, to talk about because it's, it's very true. Like you're saying to somebody you're, you're equal in all ways. And we're trying to get, you know, awareness for people in wheelchairs and they're equal to everybody else. And, and then you're saying, well, you have to be extra careful about this. And it's like, well, you know, they have brains too. They don't, you know. And all of the women that I've ever talked to, like, I am on, like, a message board online, which is for um, female devotees and disabled men. And, you know, I'm sure we have some people on the other side of the spectrum in there. But the most most of us that are participating and having conversations and talking with each other are a lot, a lot along the same lines as myself. Like, we're not in this to try to, like, take advantage of anybody or, you know, get off on their pictures and watch their videos and stuff. Yeah, of course, when you get to that point in a relationship, like, I would hope that you're sending some sexy pictures to each other and whatnot. But that's not the that's not the initial game for any of us. Um, I think it's just a, it's a big misconception that that's all that we're in it for when really it's just a, we are attracted to you and we are okay with your disability. And I think that was actually one of my next questions for you was, do you find that there is a strong support and community out there for devotees? Like, is, is this something that people are coming out like pretty openly about and like have a good source of resources and support um, for each other? Um, good, like, group of whatever. No, not really. We have, like, one group, I feel like, is all that I found. And thank God I found them, like, I don't know, nine or ten years ago. Um, I had been reading, like, a romance novel book about a disabled guy and a girl who had, like, fallen in love with him. And she told him about being a devotee. And before that, I had never even heard of it. And he, like, freaked out. And so I Googled it, and I came across this group that's out there and finally found, like, a much truer representation of what I was feeling. 
exactly like what we've talked about the I just have an attraction to a guy in a wheelchair like not I'm trying to like stalk you or you know fantasize over any of your pictures or watch you struggle or anything like that I just find you very attractive like even with your disability like it doesn't bother me and so this group I feel like is my outlet and my go-to for so much stuff and I would communicate and conversate with those people in there all the time and talk to so many guys in there who are obviously okay with it um, because they're in there talking to us daily. Um, but that's it. Like everything else that I saw was all negative and, you know, creepy and just not a good representation whatsoever. And I think because of all of that negativity, most of the women in that group are very closeted, I guess, for a better term, for lack of a better term. Um, they don't talk about it. They're not open. They're not public about it. Nobody really wants to discuss it hardly at all. And it sucks. Like it's, it's a hard thing to, to overcome when you've got so much negativity and bad stuff out there and everybody just wants to talk about the bad apples and nobody really sees like the good ones that are out there. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just, I'm just kind of doing my own thing and talking to guys and telling who I can when I can. And now I'm here with you guys. So maybe we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I know when I first even put into Google devotees, it's like you get a few cartoon photos of like a guy like kneeling down, basically licking the person's wheelchair, like with these big, scary eyes, like, oh, my right. God, I'm oogling over you. So yeah. that gets a little freaky. And I think people's imaginations and you know, the content they create for entertainment goes into the realm of fetishism so deeply sometimes that it just, it becomes a totally different animal. And that is why we're so incredibly grateful to have you on today is, you know, bust some of those myths, tell people exactly what's up. And um, we're just really grateful that you're open to speaking with us. And so far we haven't scared you away. If <laughs> Not you, <at> all. <laughs> uh, if what it like from your perspective, what are some of the biggest stereotypes you've heard besides the ones that we have uh, named here today and and that you would like to address and maybe like bust some of those misconceptions? What are some of the things that you would like people to know um, openly and honestly that are not true? I think we, we've touched on quite a few of them. You know, the the stalking of social media sites, I think, is a big one. Um, people think that we're just on YouTube sites or Instagram pages or whatever, just to like look at pictures and videos and, and watch what people are doing. And look, I'm not going to lie that I'm not following people because I do like I follow you guys. I follow some other pages on your, your you know, from from wheelchair users and, you know, other advocates that you ladies are, are with and everything. But it's more from a perspective of like, I like the message that they're delivering. I like them as a person. I think that they're doing really super awesome stuff. I don't go look at their pages to, to get off on it in any way, shape or form. Um, I definitely think the biggest one is that we're trying to take advantage of anybody because it is not that at all. Like, and again, this is just me and I'm not going to try to discount the fact that I'm sure that some people out there have been fully taken advantage of by devotees before. So I think it goes back to what we talked about where you just have to look out for yourself and, you know, really monitor and make sure you know who you're going out with if you're going to go out with them. But, you know, for, for us, like 
good devotees, I guess, you know, we're, we're just looking for relationships or friendships. I mean, some of the devotee ladies that, that I talked to are already married. They're just looking for other friendships and um, giving people an, another outlet to be have somebody to talk to. Um, I, I think, you know, also the misconception that we're just going to start asking for a bunch of pictures or videos of them doing daily tasks in their life. Like, I don't need to see that. I know what you're doing in your daily life. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I want to get to know you. I don't need to see you going to the bathroom. Like, that's fine. Right. I mean, if that's your thing, but that could be anybody's thing. It's like, even Absolutely. in the able-body community, if somebody's into watching people pee or, <laughs> you know, feed or whatever, like, it can happen everywhere. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's very true. Have you ever considered taking on like a home health care worker position or being like an, uh, a nurse to somebody with a disability? Don't you remember I said I'm not a very caring person? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Um, I, I'm actually in IT and absolutely love what I do. I uh, No, I've never thought about that at all. But on again, on this page, like there are some people who um, who are in home health care or in physical therapy or something like that. And that is their their job. Um, and again, like. They obviously have a way to to separate like doing their job as a physical therapist and a relationship and being a devotee. Otherwise, they wouldn't have a good job as a physical therapist. They're not just like lusting after all of their patients, you know? Right. Yeah. Good point. Good point. And it's like, you know, it's just like anything. Like, I'm really glad that you said that because, you know, any person who's online who is dating online has to be careful no matter who you are. And for our listeners right now, we just wanted to let everybody know how we met Rebecca. So Rebecca listens to the Wags of SCI podcast. And uh, way back when, a few months ago, we did an episode where we were discussing, um, we brought up a devotee at one point because we had a negative experience with one that was kind of stalking the members on our page that we had to report and mm. block. The and guy who was, uh, the guy who was asking for, for them to sell them pee, right? Yes. Take photos and videos <laughs> of them going to the bathroom. Like they would, he would groom them like he would message them on social media and say, Hey, I have some questions about being disabled. And then he would get into sex and then slowly like, cause all these ladies are very helpful and open. A lot of our ambassadors and he would message them saying that. And then all of a sudden he would get into, can I pay you for some pee? And can you take a video of you using a catheter? And, um, he had done that. He had done this to, I think 11, of the women on our page. And so we oh had to gosh. put out a warning, and including my partner, though, yeah. too, right? Including yeah. Dan. And Dan was like, let's see how far we can take this. <laughs> he was like, he was like, hey, buddy, what's up? What would you like? Oh my and then gosh. I think, and then he started asking too many questions. And then he was like, he was like, you know, I like nice things. I'll sell you some pee. Like, oh I want to buy a house with a pool. <laughs> well, and it's how, like, how far can we take this? Yeah, no, but it's like, it's like what, what you were saying, Rebecca, like, it's just, you have to be careful. There are the bad apples that do ruin it for everybody and like from what I hear so far you're a very solid confident young woman who has a good job and is independent and is very open and honest with who you are and I feel like that needs to be celebrated um 
And I feel like we're, we're just really grateful uh, for our listeners. Rebecca actually emailed us after that episode and said, Hey, you know, I listened to your podcast. Um, I just wanted to say like, I am a devotee. I heard what you were saying and I just think there's another view. And so we're so, so grateful that you did message us because Elena and I are guilty of this. Like we have been focusing on the negative. We have been being like, Oh no, like just cause we had such a negative experience with it. So I'm so, so, so glad that you actually well, reached I think out it's to us. The only experience we had yeah. with it, right. It's, well, it's the only one that people like, like really, that really yeah. like brings attention is like the media likes to like portray all the like the scary shit like the stuff yeah. that's gonna make you be like ooh, I don't know what's going on and it's like that's entertainment yeah you know, creating that like moral panic within like <laughs> our world right yeah so that's why it was so incredible to have you on so we're again we're so thankful to have you on yeah I I'm really glad that that it worked out um you know, I I wish that we could get more female devotees to to be a little bit more open about it. And, you know, maybe the tides will start turning a little bit and people will start being a little bit more receptive to it because you're right. Like it's only the negative things and the scary things that are out there. And uh, we've talked about it a couple of times, like it can happen in any realm of humanity at this point. You know, it's it's nothing that needs to be like big, bad and scary. We're we're cool people. And, um, you know, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's like you have a group of people that, you know, for your male listeners could make really good partners for you. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and so maybe we'll, we'll change one person's viewpoints. Um, they'll be a little bit more open-minded about talking to a devotee and won't like completely close it out. And, and there are also really good advocates. I mean, I, I started following a couple people from your page and, um, you know, advocating for like better, like stuff with parking and everything. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about there, you know, like when I go through a parking lot and I'm like, Hey, so I can be a little bit more open about it, you know, um, and not think that everybody's going to sure. be like, oh, my gosh, there's this devotee out there. Right. And that's Sorry. such a great way to, like, also, um, you know, create awareness from a different perspective. And I feel like like what you were saying, there are a lot of people on our page who had they not had experience with spinal cord injury, they would not create so much awareness either. And that is admirable. I mean, I can see I follow a lot of people as well in wheelchairs, not only because my partner, but because I like to see their strengths, their daily situations um, that they come across that can be challenging and the way that they problem solve. Right. It's Mm -hmm. like that is a very admirable in any human being. That's why we follow a lot of stories, um, you know, of there's, I mean, there are so many stories out there of people who, who've become ill and like their battle with illness and then how they come out on top. You know, you, you always want to hear that, like, feel good love story or like that feel good situation, because that gives us all hope at the end of the day, seeing how people come out on top of their circumstances brings hope to everybody around them. Right. Yeah. So, and so those are some great accounts for sure. And I think one of my my biggest things that I love so much is I'm really active in long distance running and triathlons. And, you know, some of the guys that I talked to are like, man, I'd really love to be able to get back to them. Like, well, there are adaptive sports out there. Like you can still do triathlon. So I've I've sent a couple guys over to an adaptive triathlon community that I know about and like, you know, try to get them back involved in sport or something that they may have been involved back in before. 
That is so great. That is so great. Yeah. I mean, this is all about, this is the, the world we're heading into is all about inclusivity and it's all about accepting people for, for who they are. And so from what I hear from you, I think, you know, you're doing great things and you're owning, you're owning who you are and it's awesome. I have a two part question for you, um, about dating. So, um, I kind of want to know a, do you only date men that are in wheelchairs? Like, do you disregard people who are not? And B, of the men that you have dated in wheelchairs, do you ever come across any that are like uh, desperate, like the ones that are just desperate for love in a relationship? Um, that kind of, cause we do come across some men that they're so desperate for love because they're disabled and they feel like nobody will ever love them. Do you ever come across guys like that? So to answer the first question, um, I wouldn't go as far to say that I'm exclusively dating men in wheelchairs, but it is taking something a little bit extra special from an able-bodied guy these days to catch my attention. Um, usually they have to be an Ironman with me so that <laughs> we can do some kind of training together. But um, I, I have, I mean, it would be a lot of swiping left if I only was looking for guys in wheelchairs because they're just not out there that much. Um, but I'm not completely taking able-bodied guys off the table. So I guess I'm open at this point either way. We'll see what ends up happening in the end. Um, as for the second question, yes, uh, I do. I do come across that quite a bit. And I mean, I don't, I don't want to say that that is a turnoff, but it is a little bit. Um, you know, I, I do consider myself a pretty successful person in my personal life, in my professional life. Like I have my stuff together. I know what I'm looking for in a guy, personality traits and that kind of stuff. So like, and this goes for able-bodied guys too. Like if you're just desperate or you don't have like any sense of goals or anything that you're trying to like strive for or go after in life, like it's just not attractive to me. Yeah. Um, I'd rather somebody be a little bit more vulnerable and be like, look, I'm going through a little bit of a hard time. I'm, I'm trying to find, you know, somebody to partner up with here and, and be honest and open and talk about stuff as opposed to just being like, oh, my God, I just really need you to love me. Like, that's just not it's not attractive for anybody. Yeah, that's really good that you said that. We did a little podcast a little while ago about uh, dating from our perspective, like kind of dating advice for quads. And one of the main I things... I remember that. <laughs> oh, you listened. That's awesome. Yeah, one of the... I did. I did. <laughs> we got a good response from it from a lot of our male followers. And one of the main things that we said was spend some time on yourself. Invest in yourself. Like you don't want to be somebody that is needy. Um, if you don't know what to do with yourself, help others and invest time in your community and yourself. And you want to be somebody that's confident in, in himself. And so what advice do you have for men in wheelchairs who are still single and looking for somebody? Yeah, you guys really did hit the nail on the head with that episode, by the way, like I thought everything you ladies talked about was was completely spot on. Um, I think the biggest thing is, first of all, like you said, they have to be ready to date. Um, I was dating a guy for a little bit who was only like a year post-injury. And he was like, in the end, he was like, you know what? 
I am not ready for this. And I would much rather him say that as opposed to like trying to make it work. Like there's a lot that they got to figure out and, you know, get yourself right. You don't have to rush back into a relationship. Like you'll be just fine for a little bit on your own single until you get yourself figured out. And then you'll end up in a much better relationship after that. Um, and I mean, I just I always kind of just go back to like, it's the same way with able body guys. Like you just have to put yourself out there, be open and honest about it. Put yourself out there in pictures uh, in your wheelchair. Like I know some guys are so terrified to put themselves out there in a wheelchair. Well, look, it's going to come out in the end anyways. Like the first time you show up at a bar, she's going to see you're in a wheelchair. Like you're not gonna be able to hide it. So put yourself out there in the pictures. Yeah, there's probably going to be a ton of people who are going to swipe left on you, but there's also going to be people that are going to swipe right or try to match with you or whatever it might be just be confident and I know it's hard like honestly I know like it's been very hard for me to to be open and honest and confident about this aspect of my life for a really long time so I know how hard it is to put yourself out there like that um I think you guys also talked about um like cleanliness like make sure that you put yourself together like wear some nice clothes do your hair like put on some aftershave, like get yourself ready appearance wise too to go out on a date with somebody just like you would if you were able-bodied. Totally. And, and people like to date people that are, you know, that are hygienically clean as well. Like have, have that shower, comb your hair. I have to tell myself that some days, especially through COVID, right like before I go, <laughs> before I go out grocery shopping, I'm like, Alina, you should probably brush your teeth, but yeah. That's another same, story. Same, no, same girl. I told you guys when I emailed you, I was like, oh, thank God we're not doing this one on video because I don't know the last time I did my hair and my makeup. <laughs> right? And it's like, uh, all jokes aside, it's true. And it takes a lot of effort and we get that. Like, I see my my partner, you know, when we have to go out for dinner, which is like never anymore. But um, my birthday is coming up, so maybe he'll put on some nice clothes. But anyways, and I, and I know what... And I know what it takes, you know, like it, it does. It takes extra effort to even get dressed for like an outing to go out. Like it does take effort, mm-hmm. um, but it's worth it. It's it builds that self-confidence. You feel great when you look great, when you feel great, when you smell nice. It's like you just feel so much better. So that's a and really great. You can yeah. also think about the fact that we have to put in extra effort too. like I have to do my hair mm-hmm. and my makeup. So I'm putting yes. in some effort too, you know, it's just reciprocal here. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to be going out for dinner with somebody who's like a stinky whatever, right? So. Right, right. But like you said, this goes for able-bodied people too. I mean, yeah. this is all the same. Like this is the same dating advice, <laughs> advice really, for able-bodied really people. It honestly is. And that's why, you know, I said earlier, like, I hate the fact that there's even like a devotee term put on this. Like, why can't I just say that I am attracted to a guy in a wheelchair? Like, I don't understand yeah. it. And like, for me, it goes all the way back to like, I remember back in high school, the first guy that I had a crush on was a guy in a wheelchair. And when we had like a slumber party with my girlfriends, they were like, the guy in the wheelchair. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like, it didn't even it didn't yeah. even phase me that he was in a wheelchair. And they were just like, so turned off by it. And so, you know, ever since then, you know, obviously being like a 15 year old girl trying to fit in, I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm not going to crush on him anymore. Oh, <laughs> that's sad. But you know, Jesus. through I know, but like through the years, I'm like, you know what, screw this. Like, this is what I'm attracted to. So this is what I'm going to go for. But like, 
you know, like we've talked about, if you're attracted to another race, like there's not a term put on that. It's like, yeah, I like dating black girls or I like white girls or I like dating this or I like dating that. Like there's not a term for it as far as I know. I don't know. But um, I hate that there's a term for it. I really do. Let's talk, because uh, I know you had said that, you know, you didn't really have any um, anything off limits that you would want <laughs> to discuss. So let's talk about wheelchair sex, because, you know, we like to talk about sex a lot, um, because, you know, this is something that not a lot of people talk about. Um, and from your perspective, and you might be a little bit biased because you're more attracted to guys in wheelchairs, but um, what is better, wheelchair sex or able-bodied sex? And then part two is, um, what have you had more of in your life? <laughs> oh, sorry, my mic's not. It's okay. You were laughing, so it's fine. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's good. These are some hot questions. We gotta know. We gotta. We have to know these things, or else we can't sleep tonight. Yeah. Um. Oh man. So I guess you know, in in full transparency, I I have never had on wheelchair sex. So, um, I have, I have fooled around with plenty. No, I'm not going to say plenty now. I just made myself sound like a, <laughs> a husky, but <laughs> like you're very experienced. I know. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've done some fooling around, but I, I have not, um, I guess had the pleasure of having full on wheelchair sex. So I probably would be biased though, because I have much more enjoyed my fooling around with guys in wheelchairs. They are, um, much more experienced in certain things. That's interesting. Ooh, and that's a I good, like that. yeah, that's a hot tip for um, guys listening in the wheelchairs. Like you got to learn how to use, if you can use your hands, awesome, but use your, your mouth. There's a lot of use. Yeah. Use there, what you can use. <laughs> yeah. And you know, what's interesting is like, you know, there's a lot of guys out there, you know, that aren't into having oral sex with their partners, able-bodied they're because they, they can use their, their penis. They don't need to. They're kind of, I'm not going to say lazy, but they, it's just, they're just not into it because they've never really had to be. So yep. you can make the argument that like guys that can't as often or that have issues down there are more apt to have oral sex. Mm-hmm. Is that true? I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would, I would totally go for that. Yes. And it's, okay, it's, that makes a lot of sense. And a lot of women like us would argue that oral sex is better than penetrative sex. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to each their own. There's also, I know from our private group, there there is other equipment for besides being in a wheelchair to have sex that you can also like purchase. And we've seen um, we've seen some women. I know there's like a chair that you can sit on that's kind of like a rocking chair. Mm -hmm. That's that seems like a cool piece of equipment. I mean. There's so much out there, right? In terms of like, just because you're in a wheelchair doesn't mean that you don't get to have a sex life anymore. Those are some, um, you know, misconceptions as well. There's so much out there. So it's been extremely knowledgeable having you on today. We're so happy to speak with you. And we're hoping maybe we'll have you back again um, after you have more experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can have me back on if I end up with like a partner of some kind and then we could have like a relationship type yes. of spotlight yeah. thing. <laughs> That would be very, very cool. That would be really cool. Um, So before we part here, do you have anything you'd like to say to the WAGs of SCI in this community, the ones that are, that may be skeptical, um, the ones that are like us in the community that are just either indifferent or skeptical? What's, what's some uh, feedback that you'd like to provide? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I touched on it a little bit earlier that, you know, just to maybe open your mind just a little bit, you know, I'm not naive to the fact that I'm not going to come on here and change every single person's mind about 
about this. And that's fine. That's everybody's prerogative. But, you know, like I said, like, you do have a group of individuals that can be really good partners for guys out there. Um, you got an indiv- a group of individuals that can be really good advocates with you guys to help raise awareness for different things. So to just instantly discount somebody and lump them into the other scary box of what devotees can be, I would just, I would hope that somebody would just open their mind up just a little bit more and be like, look, maybe we can, you know, have this person as an ally for us and help us start spreading more awareness to some of the the disability issues that are out there and making a more inclusive type of world. Well, you've certainly, Absolutely. yeah, you've certainly clarified a lot of the misconceptions that even we had, and you've been such a pleasure to talk to today. We are very, very grateful that you were so brave and willing to come on and discuss this. This is a huge step, um, not just for the devotee community, but for a lot of people listening, um, you know, men, women, everybody, this is a huge mm-hmm. step. And this is something that we're really committed to with this podcast is, you know, we want this world to be more inclusive. And that means that you you have to step aside from a lot of your misconceptions and a lot of your judgments because there are different people that have a lot to contribute to society. And, you know, you're, you're amazing. You're one of them. And so again, we're very, very, very thankful, thankful that you came on today. Oh, good. Well, I appreciate you ladies having me on and, and, you know, being open to it. I know it was probably a weird email to get after one of your podcast episodes, but I just, I was like, I don't know. I get into a mood every once in a while where I'm like, dang it, I'm so tired of only hearing about the negative stuff. Like, when is somebody finally going to start portraying us in a little bit more of a positive light? So hopefully some of the people that I still follow on social media and whatever aren't going to like block me after this and be like, oh, no, but we'll see. No, 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 I don't <laughs> think so. If anything, hopefully we have more people wanting to come up, come on and be more open about this because it's 2021 people. Yeah. Anything goes these days. Like you want to, yeah. you know, support your community whatever they look like so once again thank you we are so happy and we're going to keep your identity anonymous and private besides being called rebecca and <laughs> unless it's we'll for any eligible bachelors <laughs> welcome to pass my information that's right <laughs> that is right if maybe we need are... to have like a matchmaking episode yeah, is what we need to do that'd be cool <laughs> and we're so lucky to have you on so once again this episode is brought to you by our partner robin wishart with wishart brain and spine law and until next time you have been listening to the wags of sci podcast with your hosts elena Polly and brooke paget cheers hey guys let's take a moment to highlight a cause that is near and dear to our hearts for the love of parking led by our ambassador rebecca mina is an advocacy media outlet that focuses on creating awareness about disability access while also sharing access to important information from our community. For the Love of Parking encourages their followers to tag them in any access barriers or issues in order to add to the virtual diary that is being created for the end goal of updating ADA laws. Head over to the website where they have tons of great information, including medical grade percussors. In fact, both of us use them for ourselves and our partners. Percussors help to reduce inflammation, move the lymph, help with spasms. They also assist in bowel and bladder care and so much more. Did I mention that it makes massage easier on our hands? Use code WEGSOFSCI on the website for a discount.
You can like and follow For the Love of Parking on Facebook and Instagram and use hashtag Don't Park Like a Punk. The advocacy and outreach group Wags of SCI is currently a volunteer-based operation. We raise funds year-round to pay for date nights for our couples, essential medical supplies that our members may not be able to afford, mental health support for our WAGs, including counseling, and our amazing meetups led by our volunteer ambassadors around the globe. If you feel called to support our mission, please visit our website, wagsofsci.com, or donate directly to the WAGs of SCI GoFundMe page. We thank you for your support to help make this group possible and make a difference in the lives of SCI couples worldwide.